This is Tom Lee from NEJM Catalyst, and we're talking today with my longtime friend and a great colleague, Charlotte Yeh. Uh, Charlotte Yeh is an emergency medicine physician who's played leadership roles both in emergency medicine uh, and a variety of other forms, but currently she is chief medical officer for AARP, uh, the American Association for Retired Persons. And she and I recently had breakfast, and she made this one comment that got stuck in my head. She had one point where we were talking, frankly, about our parents as well as healthcare. Uh, she said that if she could change just one thing in healthcare, it would be to have CMS cover hearing aids. And she said it with a great deal of passion. She shared personal experiences as well as data uh, over breakfast. And by the time we finished, I was upset about it too. So we scheduled this conversation to see if we could whip up the rest of the country. So first, Charlotte, tell us what is the coverage situation for hearing aids these days? Uh, thanks so much, uh, Tom, for having me on. So it turns out that um, Medicare, you know, under CMS, is statutorily excluded from covering hearing aids and hearing services because back in 1965, um, when Medicare was passed, hearing loss was thought to be a normal consequence of aging. So why would we cover anything that was normal? We now fast forward to present day, and we've learned a lot about the impact of hearing uh, on health, health outcomes, cost of care. Um, so these days, um, the VA actually covers hearing aids because it turns out um, hearing loss is and tinnitus are the largest disability claimed by veterans. Some of the Medicare Advantage plans, some commercial plans, some Medicaid plans do cover some form of hearing services or hearing aids. But it's certainly not universal. It's still an out-of-pocket expense for many. Well, I, I'm embarrassed to say this is all news to me. And uh, so I, and I, I know that the answers to this are qualitatively are obvious, but if you can just give us a little bit of insight, how big a problem is hearing loss? You know, how common is it, and what do we know about its impact? So um, what's amazing to me is we have this huge epidemic, if you will, hugely prevalent common uh, issue of hearing loss, um, and yet it's silent and nobody knows about it. So it turns out for older adults, anybody who is 60 and older, there's as much as 40% of the population has hearing loss that impacts their everyday life. When you get to 70 and older, it's as much as two-thirds of people have hearing loss. And why does this matter? Um, we just published two studies in JAMA Otolaryngology recently, and following you know um, thousands of people, 100,000 people over 10 years from the age of 50 and older covered by commercial and Medicare Advantage insurance. And over 10 years, if you have uncorrected hearing loss, there's a 52% higher risk of dementia, 41% higher risk of depression, and 29% higher risk of falls. If you look at the cost and utilization, over 10 years, 46% higher healthcare costs, meaning someone with uncorrected hearing loss over 10 years costs over $22,000 more per person. Nearly 50% more hospitalization, actually technically 47%, about two and a half days longer per hospitalization, and 44% more readmissions. If that doesn't give us a business case for one thing that we could fix in healthcare right now, it's attention to hearing and hearing health. 
And oh, by the way, ARP recently did a study uh, looking at hearing difficulties or perception of hearing loss by millennials and Gen Xers. And believe it or not, already 25% of millennials and Gen Xers report some degree of hearing loss. Well, I, those are impressive data. And of course, you know, we all understand that there are going to be confounding factors and whether the hearing loss causes dementia would be greatly questioned, but could hearing loss drive depression? I don't think anyone would question that. So what do we actually know about what happens when people with hearing loss get hearing aids? So um, back to your question about, you know, yes, we can say hearing loss and dementia is correlated depression and falls. Um, but the Lancet Commission on De- Dementia in July of 2018 actually reviewed all of the literature around dementia, and they identified about 35% of dementia is potentially avoidable. The single biggest category was 9% of cases of dementia could be avoided by attention to hearing loss. In fact, um, I think um, hypertension was about 1% and obesity was 2%. It might be reversed, but um, hearing loss was way above the things we always talk about, hypertension and obesity. Um, And uh, there is evidence that people who do get hearing aids um, and hearing services actually do have a uh, reduction of dementia. There's a randomized uh, control style going on by NIH right now, um, so we should have a more definitive answer. And it's thought that loneliness and isolation caused by hearing loss uh, may be one of the driving factors, the poor communication. So people are in the hospital, they bounce back because they don't really understand all the communication. Uh, in fact, I found a really, really interesting study that um, back in 2017 where um, the researchers actually reviewed all the studies about physician-patient communication, which we know is so, so important in healthcare. And of the papers they studied, less than a quarter even mentioned hearing loss. In fact, four of the studies excluded hearing loss in, in their review of patient-doctor communications. And only in six was hearing loss even mentioned. So um, talk about a silence and yet so, so impactful on health and, and the cost of care. So there is a randomized – I mean, what people really need is an experiment, you know, a randomized trial where people are giving hearing aids, hearing aids or not giving hearing aids and, and outcomes are measured. Has that been done or is that being done now? Um, so the randomized control style is going on right now, but there is um, a, a lot of other evidence that the use of hearing aids or hearing uh, does mitigate against the dementia, the falls, and depression. In fact, we we found in some of our studies of our Medicare supplemental population that hearing loss was a larger impact on the quality of life than diabetes, heart disease, arthritis, any of the other common clinical conditions. Um, Helen Keller, you know, who was both blind and deaf, said, you know, um, blindness separates people from things, but hearing loss separates people from people. Well, when we had breakfast, you shared with me your own very sweet story about the impact of hearing aids for your father. Uh, Do you mind sharing that with our listeners? Sure. So when my... um, uh, my father, 
like a typical, you know, older older man, you know, for years was having uh, progressive hearing loss and absolutely refused to have hearing aids or even have his hearing tested. And at one point, you know, I was watching him, you know, at family get-togethers. He was becoming more and withdrawn. Um, he was kind of sitting in the corner. He started having a shuffling gait, very tentative. And honest to goodness, I was starting to think, oh, my God, I think my father's having early signs of dementia. Well, he um, finally got hearing aids when uh, my mother got locked out of the house and, didn't, and he couldn't hear the doorbell. And so she waited 30 minutes out in the cold waiting for him. So he finally went and got hearing aids. About two months later, we were at a family gathering. I walked down to breakfast. And there was my father sitting in the middle of the breakfast table, regaling people with stories, you know, families and childhood. My mother's, you know, punching him playfully in the arm, saying, you're talking too much, you're talking too much. And he got up off the table, and he walked with the bold stride. He was the father I remembered who loved engaging with people, who just had a much more powerful walk. And I went, oh, my God, even I didn't recognize. It was simply he couldn't hear. And he's admitted later on, he said, you have no idea how profoundly lonely and isolated you become when you can't hear and you can't connect. Nobody talks about that. Well, that is priceless. Uh, but I hope you don't mind educating a doctor like me who doesn't even know what hearing aids cost these days. How, mu- how expensive are they? So um, in the traditional model, which is what we've had, you know, for, for decades, hearing aids are bundled in with the hearing services, you know, combined. So, yes, um, the pricing, you know, can be anywhere from two to $4,000 per hearing aid per year, which really is priced out of most people's uh, range. Um, but recently there was passed over-the-counter hearing aid legislation, Uh, which the FDA has until next year to produce regulations. So it means for people with early, mild to moderate hearing loss, um, uh, getting some kind of hearing device um, could cost uh, in the few hundreds of dollars rather than the thousands of dollars. But I just want to make note that just getting a hearing aid isn't going to solve the hearing problem for everyone. If it's early on and mild, that's great. But the longer you go without hearing well, your brain starts to lose that cognitive function. So even when you get a hearing aid, you may no longer be able to convert that sound into speech because you don't use the brain, you lose it. Secondly, you know how all of us, if you move into an apartment next to a train station, we go, oh, my God, I can't sleep. You know, and about a month later, you go, what train station? So you're also going to have to retrain and have your brain understand which sounds to pay attention to. So... I do think we are coming at a convergence now. A, we're recognizing the huge prevalence and impact of hearing loss over time. Secondly, um, with technology, the technology is awesome. It can connect with your smartphone. You can adjust it yourself um, for those who want it. Um, you can get uh, an audiologist to help you with you know, adapting and getting the right hearing aid for your particular lifestyle. And uh, thirdly, um, the cost hopefully will be coming down over the next few years and people will begin to start or plans or will start to cover hearing services more. Well, you've you've made the case really well. Uh, What would it take for coverage to change? How do we go about doing, making your dream come true? (laughs) 
Well, you know, I, um, obviously, you know, it's not something I can do as one person, but, you know, if I had my dreams, you know, that we would figure out how to address hearing loss, um, whether it's through CMS coverage, whether through, you know, commercial and Medicaid plans, um, or, uh, and, and address the stigma. I mean, I think it's fascinating. Um, no one wants hearing aids because they think it's going to make them old. Most people wait seven to 10 years of hearing loss before they actually get hearing aids, and only 20 to 30% ever get one. So it's not just the affordability, but it's also reversing that image that you're old with hearing aids. I like to tell people you're old without hearing aids. You know, hearing allows you to engage back um, with society. Um, so I, I would love to see um, hearing aids be covered, be accepted. Everyone's got things in their ears. Um, in fact, um, I think starting right now, every clinical provider, clinician, or every health system could start right now and just do these three things to make a difference. One, you should be screening your patients for hearing loss right off the bat, especially if they're 60 and older. Number two, um, while you're on the clinical floors or if you're doing care coordination or you're talking to a patient, there are very inexpensive for several hundred dollars. Um, you can get a handheld amplifier so that you can actually improve the communication with your patient. In fact, there's a study coming out of Johns Hopkins um, by researcher there by using handheld amplifiers. Not only did the individuals with hearing impairment have better communication, but normal hearing people had better communication, and the nurses loved it because it reduced their workflow. So what could be better? And then the third thing that every health system or provider group could do is check the hearing of your own employees. I told you how prevalent it is. We know that we want to keep our workers in the workforce as long as possible. So we should be checking their hearing as well because people with uncorrected hearing loss um, tend to leave their jobs earlier and they tend to have poorer job performance because they can't communicate. Well, Charlotte, this was fantastic. I'm embarrassed to say how much I learned. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, this is a great uh, obsession that you have. And I think that I hope that, uh, you know, we can change the one thing that you want to change. And then we'll come back to you and ask about what's the next thing you want to change. But that'll be another day. Thanks again so much. Yeah, thanks so much, Tom.